when did you see the mayor of Flavortown? Because to me, it's so absurd and yet perfect at the same time. Yeah, I think uh, I was able to, it's funny because like the clipping streams and stuff that UFC puts out, um, you know, like where they don't have the commercials, you can see, uh, you can literally see the moment right after the fight where I saw Guy Fieri. Um, and that's, I put the little video out of it, but, uh, you know, I, the fight just ended, you know, I was doing my little thing, you know, getting that energy out, you know, maybe yelling a little more than I should have been, but, uh, so the lighting's like pretty low in the apex. Um, you know, like the lights are, are on around the center of the cage, but, uh, you know, I look out and I could see like just this you know, perfect white hair, you know, bleach blonde, you know, sticking out everywhere, you know, gelled to the max. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's Guy Fieri. What is up, everybody? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of the Grappling Hour. How are you doing today? Hey, shut up. I don't want to hear what it is. I want to tell you guys, we actually have a great guest with us. This guest has been a longtime friend of the show. And more importantly, this is his first time on this incarnation of the show. He was on the verbal tap thing. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to him in a second. Hey, if you want to support us, there are very simple things that you can do. For example, you can go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour. Raph, what does that do? Well, if you go on over to that website, you can not only support the show, but for five bucks a month, you can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And for a few extra dollars, you can see extra bonus content that's not available anywhere else, including tape studies, uh, a segment where people roast my competition footage, and and extra episodes that we do that are catered to uh, all different sorts of topics, be it steroids or... Uh, athletes who I competed against, who I had the most respect for, et cetera, et cetera. So if you guys want to support the show, go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour. Also, if you want to help us out a little bit, you can help us reach our goal of building up our YouTube page. We are continuing to get people going on there. So you can go on over to YouTube and uh, become a subscriber over that way. We're going to start putting some exclusive on the different channels. And I'm very excited to put different things. We have a little, little surprises. I'm trying not to tell you what it is. It's really what it is, but surprises are coming and i'm very excited about them and of course if you guys want to get in on it you can also join our discord where we continue the conversations that we have on this broadcast all right let's talk about it i want to say our guest is like the nicest person in the ufc i can't prove it but i've also never seen anybody who's nicer than him he's also pretty good at jujitsu and what upset me and I, I, I hate to be real about this, but he's done a great job as a UFC journalist. He's actually covered more events than I covered in the UFC, which I think is problematic. But that's not even why I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him because the matchup that he was given pit two friends of the show. It was him and Jordan Levitt. And I thought, oh no, I don't have a dog in this fight. These are two of our people who are 
you know, if you were to take a guess in a bar and you were to look at the two of them, you maybe wouldn't guess them as your top candidates for being fighters. And even more so by their antics of embracing silliness and actually being fun. And yet he came out victorious and I'm super happy for him. But I have to ask to our guest here, premiering for the very first time, one Chase Hooper. Chase, why did you have to put me through that? Why did you have to take a match against another friend of the show, sir? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. UFC, you don't really get a choice. They're like, you want to fight this guy or do you not want to fight at all? Um, and that's the thing is like, like I mentioned in a lot of the stuff leading up to the fight, it's like I was already pretty friendly with Jordan. Like, I talked to him a while. Um, I hung out with him in the sauna and stuff, you know, like see him around the PI all the time. So it's like I was already pretty familiar with him, like pretty friendly with him. Um, but it's business. And I knew it was a great matchup. Like, I think, uh, I think UFC is getting better about like pitting guys with similar styles against each other because it just makes for a, such a good fight. And I mean, I feel like it was uh, at least exciting while it lasted. So uh, glad to have at least played my part in that. Yeah, it was for sure exciting. I, I had no doubt on that. And, you know, coming off of his last match, of course, he had uh, a Patty Pimblet as well. So he had some more attention brought to him. And for me, it was kind of one of those things where I know how absurd he can be, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a good fighter. So I just thought on paper, I, I was like, no, this actually does check out. It's just, they're two guys that we like a lot. And I thought there was something that was interesting because from the weigh-ins on, you guys seem to embrace the idea that there are traditions that we have in uh, MMA or in grappling such as like even the face-off where you look at each other and you go, this is weird. And you're the first people to acknowledge that. So what did it feel like in those moments? Because what did you guys do at the weigh-ins that just felt like this isn't a normal weigh-in, at least from my perspective? Uh, honestly, it was before we even weighed in. It was while, um, I don't know if anybody really like, I don't think they really show like how it happens. Like uh, when you're watching the weigh-ins, like you're walking to the scale like one after the other. And you're kind of waiting in a line, um, you know, queued up. Everybody's, you know, thirsty, getting ready to go. Um, so that was well before the face-off. And he was like, because he'd mentioned uh, earlier in the week about how, like, his wife was about to go into labor. Um, so he was like, oh, if that happens, I'm pulling out of the fight. Uh, and then, like, while we were in line, he was like, hey, just so you know, uh, I was just kind of, you know, I was just building that up for the, for the media. Like, I, I wouldn't pull out. And I was like you know, appreciate that. But, uh, you know, it was just like, just friendly right off the bat, like, uh, no tension really. I mean, it just the awkwardness, but, uh, yeah. And then the face off, he like tried to puff his chest out, you know? So I, I tried to, uh, oblige and, and do the same. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, thing to have to do like face offs. Um, I never look people in the eyes. It's always awkward for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think we at least made it a little funnier. So just the awkwardness coming out in a funnier way instead of like a aggressive way. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good time while it lasted. I just thought, you know, Hey man, for seeing you guys kind of pretend to get like more inflated chest kind of a vibe, I thought this is exactly what I want because if you think about it, 
if everybody does the same thing, which is trying to look all tough in every single one of those poses, you kind of get tired of it. So we're pretty sure that you guys are going to shove each other because you're both professionals. You know, it's not like you're going to get in each other's faces in a crazy way. And in the past, you even put up a, an Instagram post that said, hey, did I do this way and right? My opponent got all in my face and I was like, nope. And I held my ground and then I beat him. And I go, yeah, you're not going to be the guy who's going to create some sort of drama unnecessarily. But uh, he did mention that to you. Did you have any different reaction or could you see through it right away? Like you seem a very level-headed person when somebody says, oh, my wife's going to go into labor. This could potentially be off. Did you at any point think that was a reality or something that could happen? Uh, no, I mean, I, I was just concerned with making making weight, really. I was like, as long as I make weight, if he pulls out, I'm still getting paid. So, you know, at a minimum, just at least let that baby wait till Saturday. So, you know, I <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't too, uh, wasn't too concerned. You know, it's out of my control. And, uh, you know, it was just nice to hear from him that he was like, oh, yeah, no, I was just saying that for the media stuff, which is, you know, that's a huge part of it. And I saw a ton of articles and stuff about that. So, you know, it, he did his job as, as far as like hyping the fight up by, you know, creating at least something like for people to latch on to and be like, oh, you know, is this going to happen now? Is this not going to happen? But uh, yeah, I mean, I was just more concerned with making weight and, uh, you know, it was out of my control. So I was trying to, again, focus on the things that I could, which was, you know, me stepping on that scale and, and making my first check and then, you know, stepping into the cage and trying to make that second one. So I don't know. I wasn't too worried. That's awesome. Cause the, uh, I don't know how other people are, but I like to think when you tell me I can't be as fat as I normally am and I have to cut weight, I don't know that my brain operates as it's supposed to. I, I actually think I get dumber as I'm withheld from food. So uh, that sounds like normal everyday Raph might be about here. But uh, heightened sense can't be eating Raph might have heard that and gotten really like uh, housewives kind of moment. Like, what do you mean? You're not put on this fight. What am I doing this for? So uh, I'm glad you were able to keep a, a very level head about it. I want to get into the fight. And I want to start going through what that felt like. But before then, would you say that you're reading all these different things? And I guess you have to credit Jordan for this, which is you don't get many at bats at saying I might have to leave for my wife being pregnant. So you really should take advantage of that, especially if you know that it's highly unlikely that it's going to happen because it's a good role to play if you're going to go ahead and do that way. But when you are reading these things, how much stuff are you reading about yourself in the news or, or in these articles? Because, you know, I know you see some of our memes but I don't know what it's like to be on the receiving end from other people who maybe don't know you or news articles that tag you or any of that effect. How much of that are you ingesting week of, or do you create like a policy where you just don't look at your phone going into that week of fighting? Um, I will kind of, I did a little bit the week of just like more of the memes and stuff. I try to share them, but like, I won't look at people's like predictions for the fight or, you know, the odds or anything. I don't want to look at, really anything having to do with what people think is going to happen. Like, I don't need to see that. Like, I don't care about, you know, it's, it's not, uh, there's no positive thing to come out from me dwelling on that. And, you know, I don't check the DMS as much. 
uh, especially like fight week. Um, and yeah, like the day of the fight, I just uh, put my phone on like, do not disturb. Um, I just have my like list of people, like my wife and then, you know, the guys cornering me and stuff. So it's like, if they need to get in contact with me they can, but then everybody else, like I'll talk to you after or I won't, you know? So it's, I, I think making that little barrier at least makes it easier for me. Like I don't need to, there's no reason to dwell on what other people have to say. Especially when, you know, they're not the ones going in there and doing the thing. Or, uh, you know, it's not my wife saying, like, you know, I love you to see you after. Or it's not my teammates being like, hey, what do you want from the, the Starbucks or whatever. So, you know, just focusing on the things that actually matter in the moment. I, I think it's, I used to really dwell on stuff like that or it make me, like, really anxious seeing anything about the fight. Um, but I think I'm in a lot better spot now. Like, I've... That was my eighth UFC fight, so I, I feel like I'm getting a little used to this thing. I'm getting a good process down, and uh, yeah, cutting out, cutting out the social media and cutting down on, you know, the other media side of stuff is is definitely helped out. Well, let me see if I can help out here because I feel like I can do one thing that's um, logistically helpful for your team, which is this. I know that you're a big coffee guy. Do you fluctuate the Starbucks order? Because if we just put it on record right now and just say, hey. If you can't reach me, I'm not of sound body or mind, or I'm about to go fight. Let's put that order right now so that we can give it. Now, if you fluctuate it, I can't be held responsible. But if I were to ask you right now, like right in this moment, Chase, I'm going to Starbucks. What is it that you want? So for that, for the last fight specifically, because I hadn't drank any good coffee in a while, or, you know, at least that week. Um, and I was, it was right after weigh-ins and all that. So I'm getting the sugar back in. I got a peppermint mocha. It's not my usual order. Probably would have got like a, I like caramel lattes, but not when they put the syrup in there. I want the sauce. The syrup is garbage. I don't know why they even have it. Um, but if you got caramel sauce, I'll take a caramel latte any day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could understand that a lot. So if that's the case, you know, you mentioned the last time when we were talking that you are a huge coffee guy. Do you have a coffee preparation sort of vibe that you do in the mornings? Because I do, you know, I'm drinking this right now and uh, I get the Nespresso. So I basically get whatever my wife buys. And the Nespresso is essentially an upgraded K-cup nonsense that we were doing for a while. But do you have a coffee snobbery about you or do you have a certain particular method that is your wake up method? Like what does a routine order look like for you? Um, honestly, I kind of vary it. Like we have an espresso machine. Uh, I also have like a little, uh, I got it as like a gift. It was like a little, uh, like a mocha pot thing. It's like you put, it's a, it's kind of a fun process. Cause it's like a little, uh, like it screws onto the bottom and then there's water. And then there's like a little, like a porta filter thing. Like you'd have on an espresso machine. You put the coffee grounds in there. You put it into the water area. And then you screw on like the top. It's kind of like a tea kettle thing, like specifically for like coffee. Um, you just throw that on the burner, you know, throw it on the stove. That's pretty good. It's like, uh, it makes like little espresso shots. Like um, when we were in Italy, we saw, we saw those everywhere. So I think it's big out there because the Italian way is just drink espresso and that's it. So, I mean, that's pretty good. But, uh, you know, I'll use the K-Cups every once in a while. I'll use the espresso machine. I don't know. I like to vary it a little bit. Do you have both? And are you, you're oscillating between the two? 
Yeah, I also, I, I haven't used it for a while. I got a French press. I'll go through little phases, you know. I uh, I like my coffee, but uh, sometimes I like switching it up a little bit. I understand that. Uh, unfortunately, when my wife and I ended up getting our Nespresso machine, she looked at uh, the K-Cup machine, which I don't even remember what it's called now. Oh, my God, that's how long it's been. And she was just like, take it downstairs, put it in storage. And I go, really? And she goes, yep, I'm done with it. I go, well, I guess that means I'm done with it too. Thanks for deciding. That was a, was a good moment. So I, I don't know. I just, I can drink any kind of coffee. I usually just get the basic black. So anytime my friends need to know, it's just iced black. That's it. Bring it to me and I'm good. And uh, all right, I'm glad we were able to figure that out because I like the idea that you have an emergency contact being like, hey, it's my wife. I love you. And also, hey, what's your Starbucks order as your two main different things that you're checking during fight week? And I think yeah. one of those, as almost the team dad on my side, is always tell me that beforehand. I'm not going to be trying to get in touch with you the day before to figure out what that is. Tell me what you want week of. And if something changes, you can message me. But you're getting what you expect. All right, let's get into the actual fight itself, because it was a little bit of a whirlwind. So I know that you mentioned you're like while it lasted, but it's a good while it lasted because it ended up in your favor. But I remembered thinking, especially for having two friends in this one, we say that we're Switzerland, so I just kind of throw my hands in the air and go, I hope it's good, boys. Let's go. And then I saw it and I go, damn, this is really an intense fight. So take us through the fight through your recollection, because I saw you put a really, really good TikTok uh, video about that, that where you kind of broke down the actual science of getting to the finish. But I'd like to hear your thoughts of what was progressing in your head. Yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, I think I mentioned it before, but I really went into that fight expecting us to do a lot of stand-up. Um, kind of like a, like a Colby Usman type thing where, you know, two grapplers are canceling out and we're going to stand up the whole time. Because um, Jordan's got a really weird, effective uh, grappling, or, uh, grappling style too, but uh, he's like really weird on the feet, but it's really effective. Like he's very kick heavy, um, but it seems to mess with guys a lot. And... Uh, I mean, everybody that he's fought, that he's stood up with, it, I feel like it really messed with him. Um, he's very leg kick heavy, likes to throw keeps up the middle, um, very minimal hands, but he'll kind of like move his hands, you know, like kind of Tony Ferguson-esque. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hit him with one straight off the bat and then he shot in immediately. I was like, oh, okay, like, nope, no worries here. Like, I'm, I'm ready to grapple. But uh, again, I was expecting a lot more on the feet, but pleasant surprise. Um, see, I think he went for the single first, might've defended that. I ended up rolling back like a little, uh, kind of like a fat man roll. I feel like, I think that's what they call it in wrestling. Um, I don't know, I feel like I, I, uh, I knew Jordan was great in the scramble, uh, but I think I have some weirder entries I was able to, you know, I think get on top for a little bit. I attacked an arm bar. He was defending. It's funny because my buddy had had, uh, that was cornering. He'd had a dream like the week before. He's like, oh, I think you're going to get him with a first round arm bar. And I don't even do arm bars. Like not super often. And then I got it and I was like, well, if I finish this, like I'm going to owe him something, you know, owe him some, like a steak or something. But like better not finish that. No, but he was, uh, Jordan was actually, he was defending that pretty well. 
And it was either like go to a bicep cutter or, you know, kind of sit there and, and try to fight. I didn't want to like mess with the legs too much. So I, I stayed in that position. And then he ended, uh, he rolled over to his knees. I still had the arm bar locked in. That's when he picked me up and not wanting to get, you know, be the second person he knocked out with a slam. I let go. Um, see where we go from there. I think he went to take me down again, or it might've been the triangle. Either way, he hit me hard in that triangle for sure. Did another little fat man roll somewhere around there. Um, and then we ended up 50-50. He started attacking that leg. I hit the roll. I didn't, uh, I wouldn't normally step that way. I don't know. It just felt right in the moment. And then uh, took his back, locked in the choke as we were kind of going over. Uh, I was trying to hook his arm and I was really surprised when I had a, uh, I had my arm cupping his shoulder. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was gonna like immediately like start defending like you would. Um, but I just felt like he was kind of a step behind on that transition. Um, and I think he went to attack my top hand. Uh, so I just, you know, pulled it away and locked it back in. And I was honestly kind of um, surprised that I was able to lock it in that quick. I was like, is this really like, is this it? Like, is, is that fight going to be over? And then, you know, he tapped and we got to call it a night, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of fun scrambles. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I haven't watched the fight in a while. I, I try not to, uh, you know, ego trip myself too much. Like I'll watch it a couple times after. And then I'm like, okay, got all I needed from that. No reason to watch it again. Then it's just me, you know, trying to pump myself up. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of fun scrambles. I think I was trusting my instincts on the grappling pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, just showing that I, I have, you know, some of the best jujitsu, hopefully, at, at 155 um, against a guy that, you know, again, he's fought somebody like Patty. He fought Patty in the O2 arena, like on his home turf. Um, so that was a lot of pressure, you know, and, uh, he still, I, I thought he won the first round against Patty. So um, to be able to go in there and finish a guy of that caliber um, that has already fought, you know, some big names um, and do it quicker than Patty did, I, I feel like is a good, you know, kind of litmus test of where I'm at in the, in the division right now, as far as grappling goes, at least. I definitely was surprised by this fact, which is that I felt like for two of our friends, uh, major grappling fans, I felt like you gave us a good grappling bingo because you guys got in such a short amount of time to so many different positions where I did have a real moment where I go, is this going to end via heel hook or like a leg attack? Because that's just a very unusual thing for MMA, but maybe not unusual for people who are very well versed as grapplers. So to me, I was uh, I was very happy about it. In terms of this, in one of your videos, you did put something where you said uh, kind of your mentality of what you were thinking before the fight starts. And one thing stuck out to me, which was no fear, only action. Now, before I get you to explain that, I think it's self-explanatory, but I'd love to hear the process of how you came to it. It, it does, just from a, a copywriting perspective, read like, uh, there is only Zool here. Like, it's right, like, about that level. So... I want to know where that mantra came from because uh, it just goes to show what fighters are kind of thinking that maybe you don't necessarily know when that happens. Yeah. I mean, like 
I think this is kind of a, something that I've thought about for a while. It's like, um, if you ask somebody like, and, and some fighters will try to be macho, you'll be like, Oh, like, are you scared? Like, um, I've had, you know, a lot of people ask that. And I've even talked to some of, you know, some of these guys like wonder boy or like, um, you know, heard Cerrone, Darren Till, like some of these guys that have been around for a long time talking about it. Um, and they're like, yeah, of, of course I'm scared. Like, you know, you're about to get into a fist fight. Um, guys will be like, you know, I was about to throw up before we walked out, you know, the, just the fear and the like, not even necessarily fear, but like the, the anxiety, the, the tension of like, what could happen, you know, this or that. Um, so it's, I guess that's really like the point of it is like, um, and for some of my fights, I really did have like these things that I would repeat to myself, like in my head, like three or four things. And I would just, I literally, um, I had notebooks and I would just like write them over and over and over again, whenever I started feeling anxious, just to be like, you know, uh, I don't know, just, just kind of easing that anxiety. Um, and I feel like the process that I have for the day of the fight now really helps. Like I, um, I'll do a lot of sugar after weigh-ins, but like the day of the fight, I do, you know, my cup, one cup of coffee in the morning and then, you know, I'll eat like, uh, you know, rice and stuff as my carbs. Like I'm avoiding sugar the day of, I feel like that gives me a lot of nervous energy, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just about, again, like focusing on what I can control and, you know, there's, again, there's there's not enough time to like think in the fight. So like there's, if you're worrying about things, if you're like, Oh, should I do this, do that? You know, being scared of what's going to happen. You're going to be a step or two behind. Like if it's, we're on autopilot time now, like your body needs to be moving like faster than, you know, your mind can control it. So you gotta just kind of trust your instincts and like, again, just, just keep moving and, and, you know, I think about it every fight too, kind of before I walk out, I'm like, all right, how am I going to win? Like, I, I don't really see any ways to win. And then when you're in there, like you find something. So I just have to tell myself that, you know, like, all right, I always find something. So let's not, not worry too much about, you know, what's going to happen, you know, before it even matters. So I, I guess that's kind of part of it too. Thank you for sharing that, man, because, uh, so many people, Put on a good facade, as you mentioned, and whether it's machismo, whether it's their coping mechanism to get through it, whatever it is, they don't necessarily tell you what that is. And so one of the best things that I like to tell people, especially if they go out there and compete, is you don't have to have the answers, but have a game plan. Like, be open to things changing on you, but what you're mentioning is, you know, if you're walking into a cage, which is one of the hardest things in the world to do, and you have doubts on like, how can I do this? How is this going to happen? You know, it's not like you didn't come with a game plan. It's now you're thinking like, can I really do this? And to show that at, at any level that you compete at, you will have those thoughts is perfectly normal and logical. And it's also the reason why you see some of these fighters look insane before they walk into a cage and you go, what's happening here? And I just tell our kids, they're like, oh man, he looks like a badass. I go, I think he's kind of scared, dude. Like, yeah. You can kind of see it on the opposite side. And sometimes that comes with a little bit of age and experience where you see it and you go, no, I've been there. I, I've done that too. And, you know, they're obviously a great fighter, but they have those human moments and that's what makes them who they are eventually. Well, that's great. 
were there any good celebrations that happened after here? Because when we talked with you the last time, we were still in the middle of the protocols for all of the, uh, you know, the pandemic and whatnot. And the UFC was pretty strict at the time. But now you get the ability to do whatever you want. And I'm wondering, are you taking that opportunity? Because before it was you went to go get some Italian food. What does the celebration look like now that you are essentially given all of these permissions or freedoms or whatever have you to go do what you want now? I mean, I, we would have probably went to that Italian spot if it wasn't on the strip. Because uh, our, our fight was actually the same, uh, the same week as the F1 races in Vegas. Oh my god! So it was. I heard it was like horrible trying to get on and off the strip. So we stayed like way away from that because they booked us. Uh, we were probably like thirty minutes off of the strip because I don't think there were a ton of hotels, and I mean I think they were trying to avoid all the traffic and all that. Um, so we were pretty far out of the way, anyways. But we went to uh, got some pretty good Korean barbecue. Um, went to the first spot that I'd ever had it, um, which was actually in Vegas um super super solid you know going just getting the team you know a ton of meat and uh yeah it was a good time you know just again like a low-key dinner with everybody um i'm not really a partier so you know getting getting some food and some dessert with everybody is a good time and then you know i think we had to i think we flew out at like 6 a.m or something so we you know had to wake up at 3.30 and then go to the airport the next morning. So there really wasn't much time to do anything else. But uh, yeah, I mean, kept it low key and then got back home and uh, had the rest of the day on Sunday to just, you know, relax and kind of decompress a little bit. Well, see, this is how I can tell you're, you're new. I don't have kids, but I'd like to think if I did, it's not even necessarily celebrating as much as, oh, we got sitters for the night. Oh God, we got to take advantage of that because even when my wife and I have people cover for our dogs, like we take it to my sisters and she's taking care of them. I'm like, the kids are gone. We can go have fun tonight. So you got to take those moments when you get them, young man, they are, they're going to be hard to come by. So, uh, just, just saying just as some friendly advice, you know, don't think of it as a, Oh, we need to go hard in the paint because <laughs> I won. It's a, no, you have the night off. Please take advantage of it, sir. So, uh, I want to ask this as well, because this stuck out to me, and I wasn't quite sure of the timing of when this was. When did you see the mayor of Flavortown? Because to me, it's so absurd and yet perfect at the same time. Yeah, I think uh, I was able to, it's funny because like the clipping streams and stuff that UFC puts out, um, you know, like where they don't have the commercials, you can see... Uh, you can literally see the moment right after the fight where I saw Guy Fieri. Um, and that's, I put the little video out of it, but, uh, you know, I, the fight just ended, you know, I was doing my little thing, you know, getting that energy out, you know, maybe yelling a little more than I should have been. But, uh, so the lighting's like pretty low in the apex. Um, you know, like the lights are, are on around the center of the cage, but, uh, you know, I look out and I could see like just this, you know, perfect white hair, you know, bleach blonde, you know, sticking out everywhere, you know, gelled to the max. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's Guy Fieri. And we've been, it's funny because we've been watching a lot of uh, diners, drive-ins and dives, like 
just while I was dieting and stuff, like that was our kind of like before bed show. Um, and it was just kind of like funny to, you know, see him there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, he, he was right where we were walking past on the way out. So, you know, got to dap him up a little bit and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, it was a funny, um, it's funny how those like weird stuff like that sticks out to you, even in the, the mix of like the adrenaline and all that. Um, but yeah, it was funny. He's a, he's a nice guy, you know? Should have, uh, I was thinking after, I was like, damn, I should have gave him like my shirt or something. And like, you know, it's all right. I needed to wear something on the way out. So get him next time. I mean, you manifested him to show up if I'm <laughs> really reading that right. You know, it's not just like some random celebrity showed up. That's a dude who you were watching in the middle of your weight cut that you go, all right, I'm going to go to bed now. Be so yeah, yeah. Cool. If guy <laughs> showed up in the then like all of a sudden it's like oh my god so you need to start using your powers for good like really focus in on them for your next fight sir and see what you can go to because you did mention this and i don't care what kind of lighting structure you might have had at the apex center but guy fieri is a celebrity that will stand out no matter where he is so that dude could have been in complete darkness and you would have been like oh it's guy yeah, yeah. i see him so that worked out very, very nicely. But it's something that, again, I think once I was on the adrenaline of watching Friends fight, I took a step back, calmed down, very happy for you. And then I think I turned the channel off for a minute or I was maybe at the gym and doing something else. And then when I came back to it, maybe a day or two later, I saw you put up the video and I go, I didn't even know that happened. Oh my God. So I'm glad you did. Otherwise I would have never known that it actually happened. So uh, a very good experience. It was very cool to see you guys have that match. And I kind of want to go back because for you being on the show before for Verbal Tap, we had a lot of fun talking about all the different sorts of things that was happening in your life at that time. But I realized we haven't really done your origin story. So since this is grappling hour, we always like to ask people about their first experiences of when they grappled. For you, what is your first memory or class that you remember and if you specifically can remember your first day what about grappling stuck out to you in your very first experience let's see i think uh so my coach opened his gym uh i got brought in when i was eight you know i i thought i was going to do like karate or something i didn't know what jujitsu was it all sounded the same to me like i don't think i'd even really watched a ton of ufc like i didn't really know what I didn't know what to basis on. Um, but yeah, it's this tiny little gym. It's like, uh, you know, probably not much bigger than this little guest room I'm in right now, but, uh, just, you know, a little bit of math, me and like, you know, six other kids on their first days. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we worked because we worked it so much. Like, uh, we did like arm bar from the clothes guard, and then simple sweep and scissor sweep. Those are like the very first moves I ever remember, um, you know, learning. And I don't know why, but like, I think just like where your brain is when you're a little kid, like it's, it's very spongy. And then just like the way that he broke it down into steps, like uh, those are just imprinted in my mind specifically of like, you know, arm bar from close guard, uh, scissor sweep and simple sweep. I just got those three um that was probably within the first week but uh 
yeah, I mean, I just went in there, eight years old. Um, it was kind of, I think, probably different than a lot of other people's grappling experiences starting off because it was like a brand new gym. Like all these other kids had just as little idea of what was going on um, as me. Um, so it was kind of interesting. Like nobody knew anything. And then, uh, you know, my coach, I think he was a purple belt still at the time when he'd opened his school, but he was like a half Gracie guy, he moved up here from California, just happened to move into the exact town um, that I live in and open up the gym. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been with him ever since. So it's definitely worked out. <laughs> I always like to ask this as the follow-up, which is to pursue grappling or fighting is an insane endeavor. So you have to have a certain amount of love for it. So where does your love for grappling happen? Because obviously you, you pursued other avenues of mixed martial arts, but here you have geese behind you. You have an upcoming super fight that you're about to promote. So that's the stuff that makes me back in like, where did you actually find a love and appreciation for all things grappling? I mean, jujitsu was the first sport that I'd ever done. Um, that was like the only time I'd ever really, you know, been out besides like school and stuff. That was the first time I'd ever been out, you know, interacting with other kids in this, you know, in a competitive way or like a team focused way. So it was, um, you know, I, I think I really latched onto that, you know, having a little uh, something, you know, not just recreational, but, you know, like a bonding thing, like making friends, that type of thing, which, you know, I'm sure helped. But, uh, you know, once that faded, I think I just really liked, um, I mean, I obviously like all the stuff in jujitsu. Like I'm not, I'm not a traditionally athletic person and I never have been. Um, and I think jujitsu is kind of perfect for that. Um, it's, it's like the lazy man's, uh, sport. So I, I think, you know, being a long, lanky, awkward kid, like jujitsu was perfect for me. And, uh, you know, MMA was the path that I pursued for, you know, financial reasons. Um, if jujitsu paid like MMA does in UFC, like I, I'd still be in the gi. Um, but, you know, I mean, I still wear a gi most nights, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think jujitsu was my first, you know, my first uh, thing that I really just dove into besides, you know, like sitting at home playing video games. So it was like, I don't know, I, I just didn't have much of that time. And, and uh, you know, I like the stability. Um, I like the role models, you know, too. I, I feel like my coach is, you know, the one that taught me a lot about, you know, being, being a man and, and all that. So I felt like, you know, having, having good people around is, is another reason that, you know, I probably, you know, stuck with it in, in times where I might not have, you know, had the most fun. Um, and I even s still go through phases where I'm not enjoying it as much as I could be. But, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I still, I, you know, I, I still love doing jujitsu all the time. And, and, uh, you know, doing that for a job is a hundred times better than, than doing anything else. So I, I can't complain. With this upcoming uh, grappling super fight that you have coming up, I guess the precursor to f getting a little more information about that is what motivates you to compete at that high of a level? Because if you think about it, it does take time away somewhat from your MMA career. 
So anytime you have to take that investment to do time for just a grappling specific event, like what motivates you to still stay current with it? Because I'm looking at your Wikipedia page, man. I'm going to be honest here. A 2016 medal as a blue belt is getting a little old now. So I'm sure you want to get some more things on there. But you seem to be a busy man as one of the hardest working people in the UFC. So it just begs the question, you're taking these super fights. It means there's something still there. But what does it mean to you now and what's motivating you to do it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, I feel like my last jiu-jitsu tournament was like a couple months before my second pro fight. Um, and I was at like Purple Belt. I, I think I smashed the tournament out, you know, that type of thing. I don't think, I don't think I even got a point scored on me um, from from anybody else. So it was, you know, I was getting to the point in jujitsu where I felt like no pressure at all. Um, and then MMA is was the scary part. So it was like, um, jujitsu was kind of my sanctuary. I was like, okay, I, it's just a tournament. Like, you know, I'm not going to get beat up. I'm not going to get punched in the face or elbowed or, you know, kicked in the face or anything. Um, and again, like growing up doing jujitsu, that's, that's kind of my, my home turf as far as that goes. So it's, it's more fun for me than it is like pressure. Um, like we were talking about earlier, like the pressure and, and the fear and stuff of the fight. Um, I don't feel that nearly as much with a grappling match. Like I'm able to have more fun with it and enjoy it. Um, where MMA is like the work side of it. So I guess that kind of motivates me is like, um, again, like going against names that make sense. I like going against other UFC guys that kind of like you're saying, like they're having to split their time between grappling and MMA um, versus going against strictly jujitsu competitors um, where they're, you know, only focuses on jujitsu and, and all the new stuff coming up. Um, so I'd rather compete against, uh, you know, people like I have, like uh, Hinato Moicano, Clay Guida, you know, some people that are also focusing on not getting punched in the face um, instead of just grappling all the time. So it's, I feel like that evens a playing field out. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was a fun matchup. Um, the opportunity to go where the event's at is also going to be a cool one. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I just want to test myself and, and see where I stack up as far as, you know, some of the best grapplers in this, you know, in, in UFC. I, I want to, you know, test myself against those guys. And uh, again, it, it's a little less pressure, but, uh, you know, it's still it's still fun to me and, and it's cool life experience. And it keeps my name out there. It keeps me busy and, uh, you know, it keeps me in a, a competitive mindset. I'm all for it because... Now that you're talking this way, it actually brought up something that I thought the inverse of last night, which was I watched the UFC Fight Pass Invitational. And at the time, it felt like that was designed to bring more UFC fighters or MMA fighters to come play around with some of us jiu-jitsu folks. And I think there's a weird disconnect. I don't know that we found the bridge that works for those two. And yesterday felt like one of the first big events that they did that was without major MMA folks on the card. So plus side of that is yay jiu-jitsu. Negative side is, well, if we're looking to pair you up, you would think it would be the UFC Fight Pass Invitational where you do bring those people out. And if we're heading more toward a sport for jiu-jitsu on that to be showcased, now we get to create a whole new thing. 
listen, we had a good thing going. And so now we, we need to figure out something else. Um, so that to me is kind of like, all right, good to know. But I do believe, especially as we have that moment where fighters are in between fights, they have a half minute to maybe do a grappling match. We probably need to figure out a better system to to get you guys utilized in there because we're going to also start seeing some of those fighters age out of fighting, but who are still more than acceptable and would have great grappling matches. So uh, I think that might be something that you you can pass on to your friends if possible, because I did notice here you were an MMA journalist on your your tagline here. And it does have an RIP date. It, it went from 2020 to 2022. So have you hung up the microphone? Like what's happening here, sir? Well, I, I haven't earned the, the journalist of the year for 2023 yet. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you made a good point, though, like people aging out of MMA. Uh, GSP was supposed to compete on there. Um, I think against Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. And that ended up not working out. But hold on. Again, hold on. Like, let me let me correct the record here. Because they tried to do that Berenstein, Berenstein bears to us on that one. They started right. off by telling us it was going to be Damian Maya. And then all of a sudden, and like, I was stoked because I thought, I don't know if GSP can win that, but he's an ultimate strategist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to see that one. And then when they announced that he was injured, then they retroactively were like, actually, GSP was going to take on Nick Diaz. And I go, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. something I would have remembered. So not only did they not tell us that they had switched the fight, which fine, I thought both of them got injured, something happened. But then when they did announce the actual result of, oh yeah, he's injured, but he's gonna do commentary, and I go, um, oh, listen, yeah. all due respect, Mr. GSP, you are one of my favorite people in the world. We did a fight companion yesterday for it, and I didn't really hear too much of it, but I did on occasion hear. Him being like, oh, yeah, very bad. Oh, that did not look very good for him. And I go, I want to see him grapple. Like, if we have a choice, I know which one I want. I want to hear him read audiobooks. I love the French-Canadian accent. He's got an iconic one. <laughs> you know what? I just realized that my uh, Spotify, my premium account, it comes with a certain amount of, uh, you get an audiobook allotment. So they just started putting in there. GSP's mm. book's on there. Nice. And I was super stoked. And I said, yeah, I'll listen to this. Uh, I'll start. Uh, I never really got the chance to read it. So I had it playing in the background and it's not GSP reading it. And it literally is the saddest aspect because I go, I'm paying. Well, I guess I'm getting it for free, but I'm subscribing and giving my money. I'm paying for GSP's voice to be. And then when I fought uh, Michael Bisping, I thought this one thing in my head and I go, that's what I want. So yeah. A little bit of a downer. Do you expect to be named the 2023 Journalist of the Year? And if so, how? Because I don't know how much work I've seen from you on the journalism side. So that's why I'm concerned here, sir. I think uh, it sounds like out of the, you know, me and the guy that actually writes stuff for UFC Fight Pass, um, he's also the only judge on the panel. (laughs) So I think it sounds like he's just going to write me in again. Uh, I tried to tell him I don't think I earned it this year, but, uh, you know, I, I was hoping they'd bring me out to the Fight Pass Invitational, but uh, the budget's a little lower this year. I don't think uh, Connor not fighting probably didn't help. Um, we were hoping, uh, you know, that's what I've heard is the years where Connor fights, um, things, they're balling out. UFC's balling out when Connor fights. So 
you know, maybe I'll fight next year. I'll get to do some more uh, journalistic content, but there wasn't, uh, yeah, not a ton of opportunity for me this time around, but uh, there's always next year. I'll, uh, I'll let my guy Walker, the guy that actually writes for Fight Pass, I'll, uh, I'll give it to him this year. So That's very next year I'll, I'll be back. I would just tell you this. Uh, you know that they're hurting for budget when you see some of the guys warming up on puzzle mats. So, yeah, that does make sense. And it might have more to do with the merger. I don't know if it's a Connor year. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I don't know financials. I don't know. The Apex has, because uh, that's where they did it. The Apex has, like, rooms of mats already in there. So I don't know what, I, I don't know what they're not, doing. I not for the life of me figure that out because I saw one group of folks clearly in a, a white matted area yeah. And, uh, you know what, though, now that I'm thinking about it, the person who I saw this from was uh, happy rolling jiu-jitsu, so it could be wrong. He could just be mm. trolling us. I'll go back to him. But I want to say the screenshot he did find was at least at some point somebody rolling up on some puzzle mats. And yeah, I just I thought, thought, you're at the UFC Performance Institute. Like, you have really high-quality areas. It's just a matter of if they dress them up or not. I don't know. It's it's weird because like even warming up for fights, like they have the mats already out there. It's not mm -hmm. like they move anything. Um, like these areas are just like out there. So I don't know what was up with that. I don't know. But, I'll uh, look more into it, Chase. And if I was wrong, I will be more than happy to send you a note and tell you. But uh, to me, when I see that happening and I just go, okay, yeah, you guys, I totally get it. But it's more so if they don't have the budget to bring you out. Uh, I think they, they call that synergies and redundancies and synergies is the nice way of saying like oh the wwe has one of those yeah we don't need that job anymore oh ufc has one of those wwe doesn't need it anymore so maybe that's right. what happened you you got a reduced role because they looked at it and they go yeah. how much are we paying this this dude's on the payroll twice <laughs> mm -mm. that's the thing is I, I do it for free I, I do it for the experience but uh i think bringing gordon out though probably didn't help that's probably true too you're not wrong on that to bring Gordon and GSP out, I'm pretty sure. Uh, not a not a cheap affair, even though I think that we could get a deal discount on their relative lack of experience. Just saying. Uh -huh. uh, I told him I was like, if you need a new main event, I'll take uh, I'll take Nick. If you, he said he was still ready, so I was like, I'll do it. Yo, it might not have been a bad match, all things considered, and uh, at the very least, you might have ended up with less negative points. So there is that. Uh, all right, sir, let's go ahead and start to close this out. Uh, before we do, I want to go ahead and just tell people, yes, you do have a match that's coming up. We will, I'm pretty sure by the time people see this, you'll have already seen what the announcement is, but it looks very exciting. Great opportunity for you. We're glad that we get to see you. Do I get to know if it's in a gi or not gi? Uh, I don't think it's a gi, and I can, I'll probably, I'll just, I'll spill all the beans right now for I with that. Go right ahead, uh, sir. All right. So it's going to be January 19th, I believe, in Abu Dhabi against, uh, for ADXC, not ADCC, Cousins, I believe, um, in the grappling side of things, but uh, against the one and only uh, Aljermain Sterling. So when they, when they offered me, they're like, hey, do you want to do a grappling match against Aljo in Abu Dhabi? Um, I couldn't have typed back yes any quicker. So uh, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, you know, against a former champ and getting to, obviously getting to go to Abu Dhabi is cool, but it's also nice in the fact that I get to test kind of um, 
how sitting on a plane for, you know, 16 to 18 hours is going to affect my weight. Um, you know, and getting to do that when the stakes are a little lower, um, versus like a UFC fight. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to it besides, you know, just having a cool match against, you know, former champ. It's a great grappler in his own right. So, yeah. Are you going to be practicing your low knees? No reason in particular. We'll see. We'll see. I don't, uh, I actually haven't seen the rules yet, so you might be able to knee a downed opponent. Um, (laughs) Well, if he has his hand on the mat, it does get confusing. So I understand that, but Hey, listen, that's a really, really good opportunity. And I love that match. I think keeping you guys active like that makes me so happy because it gives us something to do. First off, second off, um, why not? Like, like you mentioned, if they're throwing that opportunity at you, it's great because you just fought. So that usually means you go back in the rotation cycle. So it's, it might take a minute for them to figure out what's next for you. So why not be active? The only thing is it does mean maybe your Christmas gets a little bit more, you know, a little tidier in terms of what you're eating and whatnot. Yeah. I'll be dieting a little bit. I, uh, I've had like, I'm getting on close to a month of, you know, eating whatever I want. So I'm definitely ready to get back in shape and uh, diet down a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, great matchup. And uh, like I said before, like it's, it's good for me, I think to stay in like these competitive mindsets Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I'm trying to fight more often, but you know, there's still, you know, coming off of this fight, not getting beat up too much. There's still plenty of room to, uh, you know, stay busy competing. And uh, again, like this is a, one for the resume for sure. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate that, sir. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go and put the camera on you and you can go and thank any of your team members, your family members, just give a shout out to anybody you want to now that you're a little bit more coherent because you know, sometimes they put the microphone and they're like, Hey, here you are. Tell us about your thing. Do you feel crazy in there? Do you enjoy doing what you did? Look, there's Guy Fieri answer this question now. So there's a lot of emotions that happen. So, uh, shots over to you and feel free to shout out any sponsor you want to, sir. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to my wife. Let me do this interview right now. Um, you know, all my, my team at combat sport and fitness, uh, my coach, Jeff Hoagland, who again, I've been with since day one, um, probably give a shout out to, to these guys. Oh, I messed that up. Oh, there's some over here. CTRL got the shirt on the homies gave me all the geese. Oh, my friend Charles here is going to make an appearance last minute. Oh, my God. Shout out to him as well. And, uh, yeah. Yo, Charles definitely looks like he is part of the Star Wars family. Like, this dude, he looks like basically a Jawa. Look at this cute he is. Yeah, I wanted to get him an Ewok costume, but uh, (laughs) it's not happening. My wife wife got um, pajamas, Christmas pajamas for both of our dogs and uh, didn't do the right sizing. So I had one dog just like staring at me, like, why are you letting her do this? And I go, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so sorry. So, well, Chase, I appreciate your time. Uh, stick around for a second. I'm gonna say bye to you off air, but I appreciate you. Congratulations. Uh, the battle of the grappling hour, friends. I'm glad you pulled ahead and much love to Jordan. He's a beast too, but uh, you guys provided a very good clash and I'm very, very happy for you, sir. Definitely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, you guys, that's about to do it for us here. Oh, my God.
I can't turn off the camera when that happens. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Grappling Hour. Just a couple quick reminders. If you guys want to go ahead and do us a solid, you can become a member of the Grappling Hour family by going on over to high.page backslash grappling hour for five bucks a month. You can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. You can also see tape studies, uh, tape match breakdowns with the actual athletes themselves breaking down their matches uh, from prominent UFC, LFA, all the major grappling organizations, et cetera, et cetera. Bonus content not available anywhere else. That's for early access, five bucks and premium, a few extra dollars more. Additionally, if you guys would be so kind, you can like, subscribe and comment here on our YouTube page. And on our YouTube page, it's very simple. All you have to do to do that is you just go on over, you give us a nice little like, a follow, and then you give the notifications. And uh, we're coming up, we're beasting up these numbers and new content coming in 2024. And finally, as a nice little thing, if you wanna join our Discord, you can see previews and little information that we don't put up anywhere else. So the Grappling Hour Discord is where we put up all the different connecting tissues if you would or the discussions continue on there that's going to do it for us you guys uh we appreciate you for sticking around we appreciate you for watching this episode thank you guys so much it has been a great day for grappling we'll see you back on the mats